everybody! Hi, Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where myself <laughs> and Culturus's own Cheryl Watsonar go over the latest in Game of Thrones and Song by some Fire News. I am Dan Selke, the editor of Winter is Coming, and thank you everybody for watching today. Hey, Emma uh, says that it's a sunny and warm day in Northern Ireland. I, I, I take something of an aberration there, but I'm glad you uh, are getting the heat. Hey, Chris, everyone else to join us, and thanks a lot. Uh, we have a lot to go over today. We Cheryl, do. A big, new, big week in Game of Thrones news, and let's start with a very happy story. For I'm once. Sure, I'm, I'm sure you guys know, know this. I mean, th th this is kind of a, a cool event, right? It it's is. It's so well-timed. It is. It's Kit really Harrington, normal. who plays Jon Snow, and Rose Leslie, who plays Egret uh, on Game of Thrones, got married in a lovely ceremony in Aberdeenshire, Scotland, so in a castle. Cute. It really kind of is. Oh, look at them. Look at those big smiles. Ah, oh, that's nice. It's just... Oh, warms the cold cockles of my heart. It's timed so well, isn't it? It is. It's like, what better way to mark the end of this kind of spectacularly violent and noteworthy <laughs> show than by having two of its most prominent stars get married yep. in a castle in Scotland. It just it just works. And nobody died. Nobody died. That was, of course, the the the, yeah. the catch of this. Oh, there yeah. were some fun memes going around. There were. A lot of people made jokes about it. I'm not the first one. Naturally. And by the way, yeah, uh, someone said here... Oh, I lost it, but somebody's made a come. Uh, I'm just surprised that it's hot in Northern Ireland. Good for you. Oh, Laura says that it's hot in 100 Fahrenheit in Texas. Yeah, yeah, that's where it's hot. Toasty. I wonder how hot it is in Northern Ireland. Anyway, hey, Kathy. Hey, Michael Douglas. Always happy. I love your work. Always happy to see you. <laughs> and uh, hey, Julie. And hey, Biancato. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's really cool to just see that happen and an excuse for the, the cast to get together. One of the right. last times they will to celebrate right. what's been this historic show. It's just so nice to see that, like, they started their relationship on set. They got, oh, that's so sweet. you know, and they've stayed together. They got married. It's apparently her family's castle. It is. Like, that's a nice perk. Which is ridiculous, but also great. Um, it's just so cute. It's I'm a storybook romance with Aww. incest and dragons. Oh, then you made it sad. <laughs> it's not sad. It's just textured. Anyway, uh, I thought we'd ooh off for a second some of the Oof. people who attended the wedding. Mm -hmm. Of course, Game of Thrones cast members were there to see their two favorite, uh, the, the two other castmates get mm -hmm. wed. We got Sophie Turner and Maisie Williams showing up in some very high fashion looks, I think. I love that they went color coordinated with this. Did they? The red and black, I guess. Yeah. You know what? Together, they're in Targaryen colors. They are. Oh my God, they are. It's Maisie's spoilers. shoes match Sophie's blazer. Yep. Power blazer. Yeah, they look great. Yes, they're they like, do. Uh, they look amazing. They're becoming fashion icons. That's... And again, just... It, 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 now that we're at the end, it's so fun to watch the people who were like really young at the beginning, yeah. who gets, grew up and turned into these, you know, these these professionals who are good at what, great at what they do, right? And are powerful and have influence, can yeah. go make the world their oyster. It's, it's just mm -hmm. so cool. It is to kind of look back at this time and, and see what's all happened to the show itself and the people who have been on the show. Mm -hmm. I love it. And uh, finally, I think we got uh, Richard Madden who turned up in a kilt. Kind of love that. Ah, yeah. I, uh, I texted this photo to uh, a friend of mine, just like, please to enjoy Richard Madden in a kilt. Um, because well, okay. Richard Madden in a kilt. Well, actually, it's a question I, I might have. For, for you out there, too, anybody, kilts, yay or nay? It depends on the person wearing the kilt. Sure. It's a very... It, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very case-by-case case basis sure. on kilts. 
you, you've got to be able to to rock the look. He does rock the look. Okay, because I mean, like, not just anybody can throw that on and just have the confidence no. pull it off. Also, do you have any idea what that thing is called over the crotch? Uh, is that the sporin? Is it? I read. I, I don't read a lot of romance novels with Scottish people, but I'm pretty sure that's the sporin. We have some people here who are in Northern Ireland. Hello from Bristol, UK. Says Diane. Does anybody know what that thing that hangs in front of a kilt is called? Because I do I, not. I think it's the the sporin. S- okay, S- the sporin. I'll yeah, I don't know if that's that how down. you pronounce it, um, but it's S P O R R A N. I think that's what it is. I could be wrong. Julie says kilt, yay. So we're all for kilts here. Sure. I'm kind of sad they never come over to the U.S. That's too bad. It's a pro-kilt podcast. I don't want to go that far. (laughs) Anyway, the wedding was great. Lots of fun. But, you know, it coincides with the end of the show. Um, Yes. Watchers on the Wall reports that the final, final rap party for the the series rap party will be this Saturday, uh, June 30th. Great. More pictures from Jason Momoa. Please, universe. If, if there is a silver lining to all these wrap-up parties, is that the pictures have been pretty great. It's true. <laughs> the cast members just having a real good time. Oh, yeah. Holding each other, being in lick trains, whatever that thing was last week with... <laughs> you remember. I, I remember. do. Unfortunately. It's, this one's supposed to have a lot of the former cast members, too. So it'd just be great. fun to see everybody together. Like great. Olena and Jojen Reed playing beer pong or... Uh, like Oberyn making out with Hodor, just like stuff like that. I'm looking forward to seeing that from a party. That escalated quickly, Dan. I think that's what you do at a series rap party. I mean, I'm sure it is, but it escalated quickly. Fair enough. Okay, 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 wait. I think Donna has Sporin defined. A small pouch worn around the waist so as to hang in front of the kilt as part of men's Scottish Highland dress. The Sporin. I love it. That is a new word. I'm that yes! Time. I was right! Yes! I mean, it is spelled with S B O R A N. I said A-N. Oh, I wrote down I because I'm dumb. Oh, yeah. No, it's A-N. Good. I love, new, I lo- I love learning new words, which we have several in the book club portion of our show. Anyway, so <laughs> with the show winding down, we're right. almost done. Filming's, although I will say they keep saying filming's almost done, and it seems to keep going on. Yeah, we have whatever. more to talk about later. We do. I wanted to touch really quickly um, on whether anything is going to replace it. So we just wrapped on... Westworld season two that just finished on HBO. And I, I think at one time, HBO kind of had this pegged as its heir to Game of Thrones right. in terms of ambition, in terms of scale, in terms right. of money spent, all that stuff. Yes. And um, I, I, I was listening to, full credit where it's due, uh, to The Watch, The Ringers podcast. And right. they kind of came to the conclusion of, you know, we're two seasons in now, and mm-hmm. I this is not the heir to Game of Thrones. It's not. And I kind of agree to them. I think you do, too. Why do you agree with that, Cheryl? Westworld. Is it the heir to Game of Thrones? Okay. The, the best way that I can explain this, Dan, uh-huh. is, is very simple. Uh-huh. Game of Thrones lets itself be complicated, but at the end of the day, it does not forget that it is a show that has dragons and zombies. That's an entertaining show. Right. Like, dragons and zombies are what a lot of people show up for. Right. Well, that and, you know, like Kit Harrington's hair. But they show for sword fights and they show right. for intrigue and relatable right. drama. Right. Like family drama, that kind of thing, too. But at the end of the day... Lots of different moving parts of that show. It's, it's, a, it's a fantasy show. And there is something inherently entertaining about dragons and zombies facing off. Mm-hmm. Westworld, on the other hand, forgets that it's a show about killer robots. Like, it, it tries very hard to 
tell a very complex story, which mm -hmm. is not a bad thing inherently. Yeah. Challenge the, I, I do like the idea that it challenges the audience. In yeah. abstract, I like that. Yeah. But it, in execution. It, execution, not so much. And Westworld is so kind of in love with trying to be philosophy 101 that it forgets that there's killer robots. And killer robots are inherently entertaining as much as I love the score, I love the cinematography, I love the acting, I love everything about it. The actors are very good. Yes, but it forgets that it's a show about killer robots sometimes. And so it makes it less of a pleasure to watch than Game of Thrones. Even, you know, even in the bad episodes of Game of Thrones, because there are bad episodes oh, of sure. Game of Thrones. Well, there are, let's say, less good ones. Okay, that's okay, <laughs> Another fine. show, sure. Um, but even in those less good episodes, to mm -hmm. use your term, there are still entertaining things that happen. Right. Whereas in Westworld, you can sit through an hour of that show and be like, I feel like nothing happened. I feel like I wasn't entertained. I feel like the show is you know, so far gone in its... Um, pretentiousness, if you will, that it makes it tough to watch. Like, you know, episode eight, I think it is, Kiksuya, mm -hmm. um, which is all about Akichira, which yeah. I'm probably saying very wrong, and I apologize. Um, like, it's a great hour of television. Like, everyone was like, oh, this is such a great episode. This is such a great episode. I'm like, so. we, but it would have been better if we didn't need that hour of television. Westworld is a slow enough show that we could have gotten all of this backstory put together, you know, kind of strung together over season two, but instead we have to devote an entire hour to telling it because we just didn't bother to in the other sure. episodes of the season. So, yeah. Okay. My, my TLDR on this is <laughs> Westworld is too far pretentious sometimes. It's in love with its concept to the point where it cannot edit. I'd agree with that. We have a great comment here from Corey Thone who says, Westworld forgot that complicated doesn't mean clever. They were so focused on making sure that the fans couldn't guess what was happening that they lost it themselves. But the Akichita episode was 10 out of 10. And I agree with both of y'all. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think at this point, two seasons in, we can say it's just, it's not the show that's going to inherit the Game of Thrones mantle of universal crowd-pleasing, right. big-budget TV spectacular. Right. It's just not. It's too it's too insular. It's too mm -hmm. kind of concerned with big ideas over just telling an interesting story people like. Right. And, and those um, big ideas themselves are not always cleverly conveyed. Or like as clever as they think they are. Right. Like, and I, 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 I do have to wonder if HBO is a little a little upset about that. Like I wonder if they thought they were buying the Game of Thrones follow up and then they got this kind of very cerebral in the uh, yeah. thing on a Game of Thrones budget? I think hmm, that's hard to answer, obviously, because we are not HBO. No. Um, but I, I know you're watching programming president Casey Bloys. <laughs> Hi, Casey. Um, I, I feel like in some ways HBO is probably mild to moderately <laughs> cranky that Westworld did not turn out to be the show that they thought it was, but mm -hmm. they were also willing to delay it for five months and wait a year between seasons. And we'll probably wait another year between seasons sure. two and three. So in the same vein that they're probably not happy, they also know that 
in some ways Westworld will be able to succeed Game of Thrones in the sense of getting lots of Emmy attention. Well, we'll see what happens when it comes where Emmys roll around. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you. Good discussion of Westworld. Yes. Uh, one more here. I, I, uh, Academy Award winner Michael Douglas says that Westworld is good, but you need pen and paper when you watch it, unlike Game of Thrones, where it's fun to follow along. Westworld is work, and I do kind of agree with that. Yes. Can I, have to, I mean, and the thing about Game of Thrones is you can get deep into it, too, but you, you, <gasps> no. you, you don't have to. Right. Like you can enjoy it on the surface, or right. you can like go the extra layer and dig into all the families and the history and everything. Right. But Westworld, you kind of have to yeah. be committed all the way or not at all. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from that because it's Game of Thrones let's, podcast. Let's go back to talking about Game of Thrones. That's all right. Because we, before we move sign off with you, we have, of we course, do. as always, some hot spoilers and just interesting stuff from the Game of Thrones set. Hot literally. Hot, very good. Hot literally, <laughs> yes. It's wrapping up, but there's still plenty happening, especially on it's the true. King's Landing set in Belfast. We got some fun images here. And Let's do it. This, this is a spoilery kind of bit, so cover your ears if you don't want to hear. Although at this point, I don't think it's terribly surprising if you've been no. following us up to now. Okay. Uh, the... Okay. Oh, uh, we had one more from, from Renee just saying that she's watching Westworld three episodes behind, but she doesn't have a clue what's going on. It's frustrating, which kind of, you know, also testify. Um, okay. So in Belfast, King's yeah. Landing set, yes. the short version is it's on fire. <laughs> the long version is it's on a lot of fire. They're, they have set, they've lit some buildings on fire. We have at least Multiple one image. times. It's great. I mean, over the course of days. Right. It, it, I know, which we can surmise will be a pretty spectacular action scene when it finally gets to the point. We got this dome they built lovingly, then they built a trashed version of it, lit on fire. Other flames over there, the gates blackened out, the towers blackened out. Smoke everywhere. It's, it's going to be pretty spectacular. Yes. Isn't it? <laughs> it's it's just going to be great. Oh, it's going to be great when we finally get to that point and whatever dragon is attacking it is which going to look is torching wonderful. It? According to Los Teatrenos, a Spanish-language fan site, there are 600 extras involved in this scene. <laughs> Men, women, people of different races, um, all. Which I guess tells us that it's not like a one army. Like usually no. when they have extras, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to cast Northern Army. It's like right. we need red-headed white guys who are between this and this height. Or Dothraki, actually, you can tell. Right. If it's men, women, and people of all races, probably King's Landing citizens yeah. fleeing like crazy, I'm sure, from whatever is attacking yes. them. Which is very exciting. It is My, pretty exciting. I mean, exciting for us, terrifying, presumably, to even just work in that. I'm sure they're totally safe, but... Oh, I'm sure they love it. Wouldn't you love to be an extra for a day and just get to, like, okay, yeah. the director yells, okay, scream and run, and then you just run across the street just going... Go, but at the same time, you know, your lizard brain sees all that fire, and it's like, whoa, 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 that is that is hot, and I don't want to be near it. <laughs> sure. I, ha- I We still have lizard brains, so... Um, but no, that's exciting. Um, I think... The user who posted that photo, a red priestess who is very, very good at this thing. She is always on the case, taking pictures. Shout out. Um, She said she thought that the flames was the flames were coming from the inside of the tower. Definitely, yeah. So that's that's kind of making me wonder. That is interesting, actually. Yeah, it is actually because you know if if it's a dragon flying overhead, 
you'd suspect that it's burning from kind of the top down. But if it's inside out, that means that the dragon would probably have to land and shoot fire into the door? I wonder if it's like a mob just setting stuff on fire or that was my theory. an invading army or something. That was my, th- my theory was basically if it's a White Walker invasion, they're trying to scare him off with fire. <gasps> Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah. It'd be really fun if like we're all thinking like it's a dragon, it's a dragon, it's a dragon, and it ends up just being people setting fire to stuff. <laughs> I'd be very surprised. I'd be very pleased Riot by that. Riot Landing. Ha ha. We've got you now. That'd be good. That I mean, would be good. All those citizens are very quick to turn violent. We saw that during Cersei's walk. True. They are. They are. Uh, Absolutely. An excitable true. people. Yeah. Maybe they do. That's exciting. Yeah. And uh, Donna asked, "Is that the Citadel burning? Isn't that a dome?" And that is Donna. But it's pretty well documented at this point that this set is King's Landing. Just we've matched up the Red Keep Wall and right. other uh, things in the Skyland. That dome right. is actually a replica of one in Dubrovnik. Yeah, which is, I believe uh, it's. St. Blaze's Church. Blaze's, yes. Which is on um, a B. It's on a B. You're right. It is. Which is a city that stands for King's Landing in like the real life version of it. Right. And Daniel Smith doesn't want Game of Thrones to end. Yeah, well, nor do we all, but we all have to face it sooner or later. To everything, there's a season. Anyway, we also saw one quick other photo before we let you go, Cheryl. We did. So this is kind of embarrassing. I like, a ret priestess took this photo Uh of a kind of tower covered in... Stuff. Kind of stuff. Furs and leathers. At first, I was like, I wonder what that is. Are they trying to build, like, a fortification from the cold? And then someone points out, it's a siege tower, idiot. And I was like, oh, that's definitely what it is. It is definitely a siege tower. (laughs) Um, We don't know who built it. Um, I'm assuming we're going to see it at King's Landing just by virtue of the fact that if if you're going to build something like this, you basically build it where you are going to use it. Sure. It's very large. That city has walls. Right. You build it to get in. So who who built it is the other question in universe who built it and um the northern armies the dothraki the unsullied anybody. I actually guessed it could be the white walkers you think they would build I guess they, they're capable uh, of using tools and we know that they can use chains to bring Viserion out of the depths exactly um that'd be but fun that would be cool and different I don't know why they would build it but it it, it seems kind of haphazard enough that it might just uh be be there but I'm not sure it is cool though. It'll be pointed out to me, I didn't realize this, that the reason you cover a siege tower in, like, furs is to keep it from, keep it from being set on fire by the people who you're trying to invade. I've never heard that. Yeah, that's what it explained to me, which makes okay. a lot of sense. So you, yeah. build a, you build a siege tower. It's made of wood. You know, back well, then, yes. you're not going to get an iron one. It's well, flammable. Yes. And wood is flammable. Obviously, it's the, true. the people inside the city or castle you're trying to penetrate are right. going to want to stop you, so they'll set, try to set thing on fire. You cover it in leathers and furs to stop that from happening. Wow. They were thinking back then. They were thinking. See, I teach you about sporins, and you teach me about how to build ah, warfare. Ah, sporins. I love that. Warfare. And a good day, uh, Julie. And no, there is no, there is no more word in the prequel, she asked. This mm. is a more of a ending of Game of Thrones-focused podcast. Alas. But speaking of which. Yes. Um, as you sign off, Cheryl, we yes, have Dan. put together a little video for you as we bring on Josh Hill for the next segment. Yowza. Went to Con of Thrones a couple of weeks back, a few weeks back, and we asked a lot of people how they think Game of Thrones is going to end. We've edited some of their answers together in this delightful video presentation. Please enjoy. Please do enjoy. See ya, everyone. Adios, Sharon. A lot of people are going to die. <laughs> and I'm hoping Daenerys is obviously sitting on the throne when it all comes to an end. And, uh, hopefully Tyrion is advising her. John and Daenerys get married and sit on the Iron Throne, and then Arya kills Daenerys and takes her face. I've had a 
theory for a really long time that Daenerys is going to die in childbirth. Terrible feeling that Daenerys or Jon or both will die. Um, but hopefully they both live and they can rule together. So that's my hope. <laughs> So I want Tyrion on the throne. I'm thinking hopefully he's a secret Targaryen with his two different colored eyes and whatever. Um, and him, Danny, and Jon, maybe? Danny's kind of like the cleansing fire that maybe scours away all the rot and prepares for the dream of spring. Jon may help plant that seed, but I don't think those, those people will be exiting stage left. Honestly, I just want the White Walkers to kill everybody <laughs> because I don't think the humans are ever going to figure it out and get along and like just come together and fight them, you know? So I think they're just going to get steamrolled. There'll be like one or two small characters that get the happy ending, like maybe Sam and Gilly will end up in Horn Hill or something. Who knows? Cersei's going to destroy King's Landing, and then Jaime stops her. But you know, she, he has to kill her, but she ends up killing him. So they end up dying like next to each other. It'll be very dramatic, you know. The Iron Throne has to go. No one's going to win it. And then you know, there has to be some sort of, you know democratic, like someone said in a panel earlier, like a round table type. Like the throne would be melted down into, into like a round table. Yeah. And I think Drogon is going to kill Viserion because Drogon, Drogo killed Viserys. Jon Snow's whole character is he's given all these duties. He keeps falling ass backwards into like obligations and duties that he does not want, but he does them, he does them out of honor. And um, I really feel like it's gonna be a thing where like the killing of the old Night's King, but he has to become the new Night's King to like keep all the like ghoulies in line. You know, all those monsters. And like, he's just a sad sack of like, gotta do this for a million years. I actually also think Bran might work into Viserion. You know, honestly, like I can see the credits rolling up past a an iron throne room with just snow blowing across and nobody on it. Danny dying, but her baby, who she thought she could never conceive again, is going to live and will succeed her. John and Danny are going to sit on the throne, but I feel like John's going to be the king. Um, Cersei's going to die. I feel like. Like the wall's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> John and Danny are both going to die. And I think that uh, Sansa and Tyrion, who are legally wed, are going to rule the Seven Kingdoms together and join the North and the South together. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, that's a fun idea. I support you, Sansa. Thank you. What? We're back. Are we back? We are. Oh, hey everybody. We are back. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, yes, Lauren, there was a guy dressed up as George R. R. Martin. They were, there were all kinds Ooh. of costumes. It was great. People came up with great, 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 great stuff. That's good. I'm not sure any of you noticed. One guy was the man in black from Westworld, an interloper, which was interesting. We'll talk to him later. I hope, we hope to have more videos with these people talking about their costumes and their hopes and desires for the uh, finale a little later. But for right now, we have fan side editor Josh Hill with us. Julie Hello, says everybody. hi. Hi, Julie. Hi. Who else is here? Everybody. We got Lauren. We got Lauren. Emma. We got uh, Beyond Gato Green. I heard we have... Uh... Michael Emmy Douglas, actor, Oscar winner, Michael Douglas, producer of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Was he really? Yeah. Back in the day? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. God, he must have been like 30 or something then. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. You're very talented, Michael Douglas. Very talented. Anyway, we're here to discuss um, our A Song of Ice and Fire read through on yep. A Song of Dan and Josh. I've read the books multiple times. You've never read the books. We go through every chapter of the series, uh, just pick them apart, see what makes it tick, and yep. see what we think about it. 
Today we read Bran 6 yeah. from A Game of Thrones, still in the first book in the series, mm -hmm. although we are making some nice progress here. We we're, we're like, we're, we're not that far from the end. We'll, yeah. we'll be done this before we, before, we, before we know it. And you've set up how wonderful the other books are so well that I just hey, can't it's waste the time into Well, the, the other plus side <laughs> is maybe I'm o overselling that, and it's you'll true. be really great when you get there, but we still have two more of the, the core thing to get through, so we'll, we'll be here for a while. by Dan. Hey, I may have done you a favor if <laughs> they if they exceed your if they exceed your low expectations. Anyway, Brand Six. Brand Six. This chapter is set in Winterfell. Mm -hmm. It's a, how would you describe what happens here? Hit me with your reaction to Brand Six from A Game of Thrones. Well, we get to see Rob again. We do. So that's, Rob comes that's back. That's good. And this is kind of the we talked about it in the weeks before, and also it's on the show. Big seminal moment where we get Sansa's letter. Being we do. Like Ned's a traitor. It's all over. Yeah, and, and then we also have, it's interesting that we have rumors and hearsay about what's going on in the South. So it's, you know, we, we've seen in the book or read in the book already that word travels fast because just in the last mm -hmm. John chapter already we heard about all of these things. Yeah. And I don't know if the word travels fast. It's just that word travels, and he's choosing to jump ahead of however many moments in time it takes yeah. to get there. Oh, yeah. And now, like, so John knew everything, and now we were in Winterfell, and it's the same kind of, you know conjecture we don't know what's going on there's rumors hearsay yeah. all this kind of stuff and they so only know was, what they hear and it's like, chaos because it's their dad so yeah of course they're upset about it mm -hmm. and i like that when rob receives the letter he's like he's taken in he mm -hmm. says like what is wrong with her how yep. could she be saying this which again kind of lends credence to what happens in season seven when Arya finds the letter and she is again angry yeah so it makes some sense by the way emma says she started reading the books hooray hey, emma, emma read along with us catch all up right. to brand six uh, in Game quickly. of Thrones, and we can read along together. Yeah. Anyway, um, so no mention of Arya either, because you talk about yes. Arya seeing it, we don't get a mention of Arya. Which Sansa which didn't write about her at all, which is another just uh, sour grapes. You know what? They should have mentioned that in the show. Mm -hmm. Arya should have been like, and why did she mention me in this thing? <laughs> yeah. That's which really why she's upset. <laughs> possibly, but we didn't get that. That's how Game of Thrones. Anyway, happens. um, R Rob is an interesting case yeah. because again, we talked about this before. He's not a point of view character, but he's an important character. And the way Martin deals with him, he has this conceit, right? Mm. He talks about him as if he's like two people. Yeah. He talks about him as Rob the Lord. Mm. Like Bran has this bit where he asks if he can leave the castle to walk around the town, which is being crowded with all of Rob's bannermen, because yeah. basically Ned's in prison. So what Rob's done is mm. called the Lords to come here and amass an army so we can yeah. go free him. So the castle is crowded as hell, mm -hmm. as is the town. And uh, Rob tells him no. And Bran says he was using the voice of Rob the Lord when he said it. Bran knew that meant there was no appeal. And then later, Rob seemed half a stranger to Bran now, transformed, a lord in truth, though he had not yet seen his 16th name day. Even their father's bannermen seemed to sense it. So there's this idea that Rob, even though he's very young, he's, a, he's, he's been given this responsibility. Yeah. And he's kind of turned into a different person. He's turned into like a more authoritative person, mm -hmm. like kind of turned from a kid into a man. Yeah. But then he comes in later to Bran and he just talks about how scared he is of all the Lord's bannermen, about how creepy a dude Roose Bolton is, mm -hmm. which Roose Bolton quietly introduced here, who will eventually stab Rob at the Red Wedding. Yep. Um, so there's this duality thing where Rob is Rob the Lord on the one side and then just Rob Stark, 15-year-old whippersnapper on yeah. the other. What do you think of that the kind of portrayal, that tactic of portraying Rob? You know, it's we've seen it before. You know, in in different movies and different books yeah. of the it's the old trope of kid goes off to war and all of a sudden he's got to deal with you know 
dead bodies and situations in which no young boy should ever be in and right. he's got to grow up fast yeah and like you grow said up fast. the the boy becomes a man it's the cliche yeah yeah that's the cliche which, i mean it's born out though yeah it is but i what i like about what george r, r. martin did here is it is the duality he doesn't just when you have those sure. stories it goes one way or the other it goes either you don't mature in the situation mm -hmm. and you just stay a child or you grow up too fast and now you're a grizzled 13 year old who's seen <laughs> things in life. You know, you've seen the, the thousand mile example. stare that he's got. So, right. but here Martin kind of goes back and forth where Rob's not really losing that. And it's, it makes him an intriguing character from a leadership standpoint in that we just watched Ned who is dug into one perspective, mm -hmm. go down a certain path. We also have to some extent Daenerys who's dug into one perspective Sure. And you've got Rob here who's kind of playing it both on both sides. Even John, who's of kind of the same age here as Rob. Yeah, same age as Rob. And he's north of the, at the wall, and he's more and more and more going to the wall, you know, to the, the Night's Watch and that kind of stuff. The grizzled so. side. I mean, we had that thing last week where John had the line about her, I was so green back then. Yeah. Where he's like, he's, he's more, he's not as grizzled, he's not as grizzled as he thinks he is. No. And I think Rob's kind of having a similar thing mm -hmm. where he's having to put on the face of yeah. the kind of together leader. Mm -hmm. But inside, he's still 15. He's yeah. still, like, not really ready for this jelly, if mm -hmm. you will. Um, I, I don't tell you, though, I, I'm not a huge fan of the of just, I don't know, like, I'll call it the conceit yeah. of the, like, dual Rob. Like, in the show, they kind of smooth it out. He's mm -hmm. just one guy. Yeah. He's not, like, two people. But they, they go this direction here. And you interestingly mentioned Ned about digging in. Um, I want to ask you, there's this bit in here where Bran and Maester Lewin basically tell Rob, okay, so I, I realize that Ned's been arrested. We got to go help him. Yeah. Y you don't have to go yourself. You can send a guy mm -hmm. to manage your army. And Rob kind of responds with, my lord father would never send men off to die while he huddled like a craven behind the walls of Winterfell. So he's saying, I have to go myself. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, I, I look at that and I see maybe he's kind of hewing to Ned's way of thinking, the you do the honorable, the right thing. Yeah. Now, we know Ned dies. We also know, going further ahead, that Rob dies eventually. Hey. <laughs> also because, and I, I feel like looking at this, it's part of the reason why. He's mm. still sticking to that. He's yep. still sticking to, I'm going to do things the right way. I'm not going to be a, a coward and a high-born I'm going to go and lead these guys myself. Yeah. Maybe it would have been smarter to send someone in his place. What do you think of that? It would have been smarter <laughs> to send somebody in his place. But I, I like that comparison between Ned and kind of going down the same track because I do feel like Rob is trying to become his own man because that's you know what every boy tries to do sure. you grow up and try to become your own person and yet he's still making the same mistakes that his father made that are going to be fatal for his father that are going to be fatal for him so it's just you know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree type of thing not at all no I mean, he it's, also invokes Ned directly here. Like, my lord father would not do this, so yeah. I'm not going to do this. The honorable thing. By the book, the textbook mm -hmm. thing to do. And it's, you know, not how you play the game, so. But he'll find that out later. They all will. Um, but it's Bran's chapter, yep. Bran's perspective. And we get just some kind of nice details here inside his head. Bran's, uh, I think this might be the first appearance of, he calls himself Bran the Broken, which is uh, <laughs> yeah. accurate. Yeah. So he's still this kid who, like, wants to go and be a knight, but he never can because yep. he's, you know, doesn't have legs now. And I, I drew a comparison between Bran and Jon in that Jon's stigmatized because he's a bastard. Mm -hmm. And now Bran, who do, can't use his legs in this world of mobility, and if you're a guy, what you're supposed to do is go be a warrior and a mm -hmm. fighter. 
can never do that. So he's yeah. being kind of stigmatized too. And he overhears people talking about him, saying, uh, Torin said likely the boy was broken inside as well as out, too craven to take his own life. So people are like whispering like, oh my God, they're, they're gonna use his legs. Oh, they're mm-hmm. gonna over there, it's weird. So like Jon Snow, he's kind of being like pushed to the side of things. Yeah. And I, I feel like Martin does that with a lot of his characters. He gives you these characters who have something stigmatized or wrong with them. Like John's a bastard, so mm-hmm. he's shut out. Bran's a cripple, so he's shut out. Yeah. Daenerys is literally an exile, an exiled princess over on the other side of the thing. Jamie loses a hand, so mm-hmm. he can't fight anymore. Um, oh, Tyrion's a dwarf. Tyrion, yeah. And then, you know, a lot of the female characters are just, just by being female, you're kind of shut out of a lot of mm-hmm. uh, opportunities in this world. And then... He follows them as they find ways around that. I think that's a strategy he uses a lot. Yeah. And this is uh, how he's going to do it with Bran. Yeah. And the Broken. And I do like that, too. Like, the deconstruction of your own characters. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what's always so fascinating about... You know, that's kind of what was interesting about the last Star Wars movie, The the Last Jedi, which is you take the structure that has been established and you break it. So you've got this, you know, you're used to the Star Wars movies going X, Y, and Z, sure. but now we're going to go, actually, we're going to jump back to E, let's throw in a two, let's like smear some purple on here. It's like, this is like, what's happening? <laughs> this isn't supposed to be the way that things go. And I like that we've taken characters like Bran who are on a trajectory and kind of cut the trajectory off in the middle and mm-hmm. be like, okay, so what's going to happen now? Because the character doesn't stop ex- existing. You know, Bran doesn't cease to exist on the page because his legs cease to work. I mean, now it's he, an he gets more focused. Yeah, so and that's, that's always what's so interesting to me because it feels like, you know, the daredevil thing where he's blind, so now right. he's he, hearing. He's super powerful. Yeah, super powerful hearing. Um, or what? like the, the, the Ben Affleck movie, he can see things like a bat or something like that. But like... That's what's so interesting. Garner's face in the rain. Yeah, right. But that's what's so interesting because you're unlocking deeper levels to these characters and you're potentially <laughs> putting them on different paths that are, in Bran's case, as we've seen, probably infinitely more interesting than it would have been if he would have just been another John or been another Rob. Sure. He's got his own thing now. It came at the price of his legs, but that's kind of, I like it when that happens to characters in stories like this because it, it makes them more interesting. Oh, I, I agree with you completely. I mm-hmm. mean, what's more interesting? You'll notice that Martin doesn't have a Rob POV chapter because Rob's, in a way, he's too ordinary. Yeah. He's like, he's the prodigal son who does the right thing mm-hmm. and doesn't, maybe doesn't have a ton of conflict. Oh, he does yeah. have some, we talk about conflict. Whereas he, 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 I think he likes, he much prefers characters who have that internal battle mm-hmm. where Bran wants to be a knight, but he cannot because yeah. he has no legs. Jamie wants to be a great warrior. He cannot. He has no right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Arya wants to be a warrior. She's a girl. She's not allowed to be. Mm-hmm. Brienne, same exact thing with Brienne, actually. Yeah. And, like, a lot of his characters have that to them. John wants to be accepted. He can't. He's a bastard. Mm-hmm. They always have that block. Yeah. And uh, that's, that, that's just the kind of character he likes to write. He's, it's all underdogs mm-hmm. from, like, A to Z in his books. Oh, yeah. Which, again, I mean, maybe that's why we like the character so much. Who doesn't love an underdog? I think so. And it also, this whole him breaking the structure thing is why I'm, I haven't got that far in the book because I don't think we've read, I think it's not in this book that we're reading now, but mm-hmm. the Red Wedding chapter, I will die on the hill to say that that's the chapter he should have been like, okay, Rob gets his chapter. And then he kills him because he's breaking the structure that he's established <laughs> of, here, we're going inside these character heads. And you would have never seen it coming, even more so, I don't think, because it's like, here's Rob's chapter. And I don't know if we go inside of like the heads of 
characters that die in the chapter. But well, I could spoil this for you. It's Catelyn is what we see the okay. wedding chapter from, who okay, is cool. a major character. Yeah, because I was going to say, again, like that would be kind of interesting to go into a character's head, mm-hmm. like we are here and seeing all the perspectives and then done. But, right. but oh, that's my... That's my Game of Thrones I mean, hot take. I think if he just Rob. inserted one Rob chapter, it would have like tipped you off. Like that now, there's a Rob chapter. <laughs> What's why it would have made me suspicious? Yeah. I don't think he cheats because Catelyn no. does have chapters, yeah. and it's told from her perspective. Yeah. So, and she she literally dies in the like the lap. You'll see it when we get there. It's but. not like the Sopranos thing where it just like stops mid chapter and then like the rest of the page. No, is white. It, it, it's pretty <laughs> brutal actually. That oh. I mean, maybe the most brutal chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she dies in the. And we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's wrap up with a talk of the the magic parts yes. of uh, Bran stuff. Because yes. of all the characters in this fantasy story, mm. Bran is by far the most tapped into the fantasy aspects yep. right now. Fantastic. Although some great comments here we're getting. Let's do it really quick. Yeah. Uh, Lauren says, Bran is so grown. He's younger than Rob and is dealing with new vulnerabilities, physical disabilities, mm. learning from Maester Lewin and Rob to learn his new normal. I love Bran. He is acting more like a brave Ned Stark, not Rob. A interesting hot take on Bran versus Rob. And Emma promises to be in the next chapter by next week. That'd be great. Emma, we're looking great. forward to that. Read along with us. That'd, that'd, yeah. that'd be fun. Julie would like a Rob POV. I, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not so sure. I, I feel like, I think it works. Yeah. Martin has said he would have liked to put in Rob POVs. I don't know. I feel like the chapters work like they do. But then again, it would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. And you are in favor of seeing a Rob POV. I would be. Enjoy seeing that's your hill. That's your hill gonna die on. I like it. (laughs) Lauren says, Rob, it sometimes bothers me. I need to know more of what he's thinking. And I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perspectives on Rob Stark. Anyway, Bran and magic. Uh, He's in the Godswood, praying to the gods, and just, you know, Martin is doing a fun thing where the wind rustles through the leaves, and it's Mm -hmm. like, is it just the wind? Is it the gods answering me? It's like, it's having magic in the story, but not having magic in the story. Yeah. It's a fun kind of middle ground. Um, what did you make of Bran's kind of encounter in the Godswood and discussion with Osha about the magic wilds beyond the wall with giants and whites and all that crap Oh my. Yeah, it, it was nice to kind of connect the last chapter, which yeah. John, it ends with literally a cliffhanger of it him does. with this white he just fought and it's on fire or whatever he's hoping it's gonna die it's like please burn i think is the last line yeah and we had the discussion last week even though we know what they are and how it turns out that reading that perspective is ooh, maybe he killed it maybe this is just a mm-hmm. thing what is this thing and now some perspective some explanation in saying even if the fire killed that one there's much much more beyond the wall things far worse than that thing beyond the wall and that kind of that world building that we've seen go on, the subtle world building, not mm-hmm. forcing it onto anybody and being like, you know, here's the map, here is this, here are these things, and kind of this exposition that's forced, it's more natural. And also kind of with Osha, it gives you a little bit of, it invests you a little bit in her because it oh, is, sure. you're, she's almost like your guide on this. So, and as we know, she gets close with Bran throughout the, the show. Uh, I, I really liked how it was just, the world building, the character building, and again, throwing in the magic and the fantastical nature of the world that they live in without being like wizards and goblins yeah, without and all like, this kind of stuff. It's like it's laser exists. beams, whatever you're at your fingertips. Yeah. yeah, it exists and it's unknown, but it's unknown in the same way that like aliens are unknown to us. It's not like the force in Star Wars or something like that. It's no, I'm totally with you. Yeah. And, and 
Osha's an interesting character and a, a good way to introduce to that. I also have to call attention to this bit. I, I liked this bit. Um, the tra- I thought the very elegantly written mm-hmm. transition from kind of an inelegant situation, Hodor <laughs> comes lumbering into the god's wood, yeah. naked as you please, which they actually kept in the yep. show. Do you remember that? Yep. Hodor's oh, big that. old penis swinging around? Yep. Totally happened. They, they were just, if it's in the book, we are putting the show. I don't care how weird it is. <laughs> License. Do it. And uh, <laughs> it's HBO. It's not TV. <laughs> and um, Osha looks at him and says, uh, he must have giant's wood in him, which is, you know, all about his height and a fun little innuendo mm, thing. Yeah. And then that, that segues so naturally into giants. Are there really giants beyond the wall? Which segues into, oh, there's all kinds of magic crap beyond mm. the wall, which is great setup for Bran's journey. That's where yep. he goes. And just, I, 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 I'd watched Westworld over the weekend where the transitions are like so jumpy mm-hmm. and kind of inelegant and like you're just forcing the next topic in there and I can see you doing it. Yeah. It was nice to just kind of read this natural progression yeah. to talk about something ridiculous, mm-hmm. which is giants and zombies and stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah, Westworld's got its own pretension that, you know, it's the Nolan thing. We're, we're crapping on Westworld a lot in this podcast. Yeah. I'm not really sure why, but we I are. do like Westworld, though, and it's good. It's different, like, for reasons that you stated, in that Westworld, I feel like, is more... There was a tweet that I saw over the weekend that was, like, you know, one of those two people talking back and forth things, and it's like, you know, HBO's like, do you like... Uh, Inception? Do you like Memento? <laughs> Do you like Game of Thrones? Here's Westworld. And that's kind of what it is. So it's its own oh, thing. Yeah. Whereas I really dig th- how natural Game of Thrones makes unnatural things. Yeah. Like the magic, where it's this whole thing. So, or you could go off with, go really deep with the Westworld thing. I feel like Westworld's thing would be like, you here's you want, yeah. Hodor running around naked, and then it bears, you know, it born out of that is Bran's journey. Like, you know, some kind of like, we're talking about giant's wood and it's born out and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, they do a so. big flashback thing where it goes yeah. that, whatever. By the way, <laughs> Lauren has a question for us. Uh, yes. this, this is the first time Bran has seen Osha since the attack. Remember when o- yep. they met Osha in mm-hmm. the woods when yeah. she's like, we're going to cut you up. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think Bran feels so safe around her? Is it Faith and the weirwood tree? Is it because she's physically chained up? Or is it because Bran... Is a Stark and super brave. Any response? <laughs> uh, I think it's a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. She um, is chained up. She that that's clearly a nice barrier right. <laughs> for his safety. But I think this is also kind of we're talking about the development of Bran's character. Mm-hmm. I think the legs, losing his legs, has given him new perspective in more ways than just his journey is different. I think it's kind of, and we saw this in the show, softened him up a little bit to other people coming into his life and the way that he sees other yeah, people. Yeah, I like that. So, and I don't know if, like, he sees her in chains as, like, the same plight as him not having legs, chained by his own, being oh, crippled. But I feel like the same way that Tyrion is sympathetic in ways because he's been, he's an imp and he's had all these things happen to him in his life, I think mm-hmm. Bran is starting to go down that path as well. And I also think he has the foresight to see he needs people. He needs to have allies. And he's not going to be a warrior. He's not going to have warrior buddies like Yeah, he'll Ned. need folk in his corner. Yeah, he's never going to have a Robert like Ned has, who right. he's been to battle with. He's going to have to find people who are on his side, that are on his side, because he's brought them over by himself. And I think this is maybe the start to that. Which, yeah, knowing I, what I, happens, I, I, maybe, I, is being sure. too far. But no, I, I, I like that a lot, that uh, he's open to other people because of... Uh, He's, he's, again, he's stigmatized and sort of mm-hmm. isolated right now. Yeah. You know, Rob's dealing with her stuff. He has no time for him. 
His parents have gone away. Rickon the baby, who, by the way, has more characterization in the books than uh, Pete ever really got in the show. Didn't he uh, like is a show baby. up in one season and then he just showed up again to die? In he, he, he didn't have Bastards. a single line <laughs> in his final season. Not he didn't say one thing. Mm. He just showed up to die. I mean, it still worked. I mean, that yeah. I, I, I still love that scene where he runs across and Ramsey shoots him, which, by the way, has not happened in the books. I no. don't know what's going to happen in the books. Oh. That's that's beyond it. Whole battle of bastards not happen in the books. Mm. It'll probably something like that will happen, but beyond the books, beyond beyond the wall, beyond the books. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we don't know what Rickon will do in the books. But he 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 punched old Nan. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it did. says. <laughs> He'd refused to eat, cried and screamed for most of a night. Even punched old Nan when she tried to sing him to sleep. The next day he'd vanished. So uh, Rickon, just watch out for him a little bit. He's mm-hmm. still not huge in the books, but he, he does have more of a presence than he does in the show. Well, that's good. The watchword with him is wild, they always throw around. Wild. He's just kind of a, a crazy, screaming, old lady punching <laughs> sort, sort of kid. Wild little kid. Before we sign off, I thought there were some good vocab words in this one. I want to go over vocab. real quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which, I mean, and, okay. Some of these words I knew basically, but mm. just confirmed. Okay. Portcullis. You know what that is? No. Okay, portcullis is the the graded gate that you kind of slide like up and down in a castle. You know, like they like lower the castle thing and then yeah. it like goes like that thing. That's what that is. Yes, the huh. portcullis. 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 It's clunky. Lower the portcullis. Lower the portcullis. <laughs> and uh, lichyard, not a real word. I think it's a Martin word, but it's graveyard. Lichyard. That almost sounds German. Lichyard. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. That's kind of just fun. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know what it is. It's, it's a made-up word, but it's just to, to make your story sound like it's set <laughs> in a fantasy medieval period. Lishyard. Just Just take a word and just twist it a little yeah. bit. Lishyard is what a graveyard is now. Which, by the way, I, I just realized, for all the death on Game of Thrones, I don't think we ever see a graveyard. No. Weird. And finally, uh, rough spun, which is what Osha is wearing. Rough spun is a garment made from roughly spun yarn or coarse material, Mm. like a potato sack outfit, a crap outfit, an outfit made of rough spun. Excellent words. And Lauren says, no, Danny chapter. No, we're just going to do the one chapter this week because I was busy. But uh, (laughs) next week, we are going to do the next Daenerys chapter, and I believe it's a Catelyn chapter after that. All right. Any other thoughts on this chapter, Josh Hill? No. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week, Wednesday at 4 p.m. We are available on iTunes, Google Play, if you want to listen to us on your way to and from work at the gym, wherever. And we'll see you uh, next week for more Game of Thrones news, Song of Ice and Fire, uh, Rumblings, and uh, more A Song of Dan and Josh. See you next Wednesday at 4 p.m. CST. Adios, guys. Adios, guys.